wild week it was for stocks. Uh, the market was all over the place this past week, certainly living up to the uh, hype I built earlier last week when I noted that if you thought the week of October 4th was exciting, the week of October, uh, the week ending October 11th would be even more exciting. Uh, basically, the S&P 500 plunged at the beginning of the week to as low as 2,900, only to finish the week up at around 2,970. Uh, but the, the story here really was uh, a return to growth, uh, which is what the market is kind of signaling here. When we look at sector rotation this past week, you had uh, material stocks rising by nearly 2%, semiconductors rising by nearly 2%, industrials up by one5 technology up by 1.2%, discretionaries up by 1.1%, energy up by 0.9%. And uh, and even, uh, you know, you had the S&P 500 up by about 60 basis points. And when we look at these top sectors that performed, materials indicate are, are, are a global growth proxy, semiconductors, global growth risk on, industrials, global growth, technology risk on, consumer discretionaries risk on, energy, global growth. It was a global growth risk on week. And what were the three worst performing sectors this week? Healthcare, staples and utilities all risk off. And if you want to get further uh, confirmation that it was a risk on return to growth week, look, all you had to do is look at bond yields. Uh, bond yields rose substantially this week with the 10 year with the 10 year Treasury rate rising by 23 basis points to 175 from 152. The five year note rising by 24 basis points from 133 to 157 and the 30 year rising by 20 basis points to 20, from 202 to 221, it caused the yield curve to actually increase uh, to its highest to its highest level on the long end since the end of September. Um, so certainly, the higher yields uh, sector rotation would suggest the market was really looking for a return to global growth uh, at some point down the road here. And usually, if we think about what the market's thinking about in terms of time frame, six to nine months out. Certainly, it would begin to make sense, uh, especially if we are actually on the cusp of a potential trade deal here with, here with China. Uh, certainly, the, the dramatic effect of how um, the market responded on Friday with that big rally going into the end of the day, only for it to kind of fade a little bit on what appeared to be some lack of detail regarding a potential trade deal and also this notion that, you know, hey, look, it could take three weeks before something is even put in set in stone um, in terms of what's on paper. And this is really where, you know, we can find out whether or not a deal is really likely or not. And I guess there's some hope that there'll be a meeting at uh, at the um, for Xi and Trump in, in, in the middle of November at the APEC summit. Uh, certainly, uh, there's hope, at least. The market is really betting on a revival of growth uh, coming at some point in 2020, 2020. And certainly when I look at my earnings models, um, it kind of suggests that as well. We're, I'm still modeling about $163 a share for 2019. And uh, right now I'm modeling for about 11% growth on top of that in 2020 to about $180.44. And I'm modeling another 9% level of growth in 2021 to $196.90. And when we look at where we are on a PE multiple for 2020 earnings estimates, we're around 16.5 with the S&P at 29.70 and uh, around 15 times for 2021 earnings estimates. And I know people think 2021 
But guys, 2019 is basically over from a market perspective, and we're going to start thinking about 2020 numbers and 2021 numbers very soon. And when we look at where uh, we currently valued, uh, really on a best case scenario, uh, we could potentially see a one standard deviation being one best case $191 in 2020, and a worst case scenario being one standard deviation below at about 170. In a worst case scenario, the market is around fully valued here at 17 and a half times, um, and in a best case scenario, at only 15 and a half times. But even when we go out to 2021, S&P 500 trading at around 16 times uh, $183, which would be a worst case scenario, and only 14 times in a best case scenario, 210. So certainly the market's not really overvalued, so to speak. It's certainly uh, we could say it's fairly valued in a in a worst case scenario for 2020, and under and still undervalued in every other scenario that I could see. Um, and I'm still thinking that the S&P 500 could certainly rise towards uh, a level of around 3350 at some point in the first half of 2020, um, based on those 2021 earnings estimates of $196.90. But certainly, I think the key to this week was that this notion that the market is beginning to think about a return to growth, certainly higher bond yields and um, and the sector rotation would justify that. And also when we think about um, what the, the dollar has done this week, it also kind of suggests this layer of risk, uh, risk on, or uh, I would say the fear of risk on returning, right? And we can look at that by the way that the Japanese yen weakened versus the dollar moving from around 106, 107 at the beginning of the week to around around 108 and a half by week's end. You could also see that the euro began to strengthen versus the dollar just a little bit from around 109 to 110. Um, that potentially on, on, on rumors and thoughts that perhaps the ECB won't be as aggressive with future monetary policy once Draghi leaves and Lagarde comes in with the idea that perhaps Lagarde will focus more on trying to force uh, the fiscal side of things, getting countries to actually enact some sort of fiscal policy. Um, and so, and when we think about what the Fed's going to be doing in the next two weeks, um, expectations have really come come into line here that the Fed is likely to cut rates uh, uh, by 25 basis points in October. Right now, the odds are around 75% based on the CME group. And right now we're looking at about a 60% rate chance of a, another rate cut of a, of a no rate cut now in December and a 25% chance of an additional 25 basis point rate cut in December. So those odds have kind of shifted throughout the week. Remember, um, it was last week that there was a 43% chance of another 25 basis point rate cut in, uh, in, um, in December. And obviously with the events of this past week with potential for a trade deal, the, uh, those 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 odds have kind of shifted just a little bit. So um, that's going to be it for today for this week. Next week things will really begin to f- begin to shift and focus on um, earnings. We're going to see companies like Netflix report earnings, and you're going to start seeing a lot of companies really come out and start giving color and guidance on um, what they're seeing. Uh, some of the companies you're going to be seeing are J.P. Morgan and Citigroup. You're going to be seeing other companies like. Uh, Bank of America, Abbott Labs, uh, PNC Bank, 
you're going to be seeing Netflix, IBM, CSX. So there's just a lot of companies that are going to be coming out with earnings this week. Morgan Stanley, Honeywell. So you're going to have everything from financials to some industrials to some of the media tech companies. And um, it's certainly going to make for an exciting week. Uh, you're going to get Coca-Cola, American Express at the end of the week. So a lot of things are going to be shifting and changing here. I think the key in the underlying thinking is you want to continue to watch your sector rotation in terms of what the market is thinking about overall. And um, and that's how I'm kind of gauging uh, where I think the market may actually go from here. The market, the S&P 500 did manage to hold that uptrend that existed around 2900. Although, again, we continue to struggle around 2985. Uh, the good news is, is that we did break the downtrend that had been in place uh, since the end of September. Uh, so that's another positive sign. Uh, again, the big level to watch here is 29.85 in the S&P with the potential for a gap fill back to 29.40 from Friday's big increase. So certainly keep up, uh, keep up, keep, keep watching these things and keep, keep on top of the news flow. And if you have any questions, as always, uh, please, uh, please, um, feel free to, uh, send an email. Sometimes I respond, sometimes I can. It depends on how busy my week is, but I try to you know, get to everyone and mention any sort of questions in the blog as the week goes on. Thanks a lot. Take care. Bye.